Welcome to New Season Ministry with Evangelist Jeremy Cook. We hope today's message will challenge, encourage, and uplift you in your walk with the Lord. Enjoy the message. Take your Bibles and go with me this evening to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter number 2. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. I want to read one verse of scripture to you tonight. If the Lord will help me, I, I, will, um, I will try not to preach a very long time. Now, I'm going to be up front and I'm going to be honest with you. I've got in my notes here that, I, that, I'm, that I'm preaching from, in my notes, I've got 10 points that I want to make. And I promise you, I'll, take a, I, I, I'll only take about 30 minutes on each of them. All right? So... So some of y'all are laughing, some of y'all are, some of y'all are giving me the deaf stare like you better not do that. <laughs> so, <laughs> Amen. And so that, if the Lord will help me, uh, but I do, have, I do have these points that I'm wanting to make uh, to you tonight. And with the Lord's help, we'll, we'll try to get through them as, as quick as possible. But tonight I want to talk to you on the subject exposing Satan's schemes. Yes. I want to talk to you tonight on exposing Satan's schemes. So let's, let's look at this. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. I want to read one verse of scripture to you that I want to use as a springboard tonight to help us get to where we need to be. 2 Corinthians chapter number 2 and verse number 11. The Bible says Paul the Apostle is writing and this is what he says. He says, lest Satan should take advantage of us. I want you to look at that. Lest Satan should take advantage of us. We are not ignorant of his devices. So in that one verse, and you may be seated in in the house tonight. In that one verse, Paul the Apostle is bringing about two simple facts here that I want to bring to you. Number one is that Satan would love to have an advantage in your life. Satan would love in your life and what you're going through right now to take advantage. Why? Because we understand that number one, Satan is the deceiver of the entire world. The Bible calls Satan the God of this age. He is the God of this world. Peter would tell us that Satan is like a roaring lion seeking those that whom he may devour. And so Satan's job in our lives and in the church is to try to get an advantage in our lives. He is looking for ways in your and I's life to be able to get a foothold. He's wanting to figure out to figure out some sort of leverage in our lives that he can bring he, that he can gain an advantage. You see, the Bible calls him the prince and the power of the air. And at his most successful, he always brings about destruction. He always brings about damage. He always brings about, 
We said it this morning, the thief cometh not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That is why that Paul the Apostle would warn a young Timothy, a young pastor in the faith, and he would say, Timothy, I need you to war a good warfare. I need you to be a good soldier. I need you to fight the good fight of faith. And so we need to awaken to the idea that what we are experiencing in this age, in this present time right now, is a spiritual battle. We may, let me just stop right here real quick, and I won't try to take too many detours. But our issue in, in America right now is not a political issue. It's not a Democrat issue. It's not a Republican issue. It's not who's sitting on the Supreme Court justice. It's not an education problem. It's not any of those things. The issue in, the, in America right now is a spiritual problem. Because there is a spiritual attack going on in America. There is a spiritual attack going on in the American church. There is a spiritual attack that is trying to make people confused. That is trying, And we've got to understand. We've we got to understand that Satan is trying to get an advantage and Paul helps us by saying we do not need to be ignorant concerning what Satan is trying to do. Amen. Amen. But here's the good thing. Are you ready for this? Satan has a leash on him. You see, God is actually sovereign over the enemy. You see, here's the interesting thing that we've got to understand. Satan is not all powerful. Satan is not the ultimate authority. God is the ultimate authority. Oh, come on. And so the devil, believe it or not, regardless of, of what anybody else would like to say, the devil does not have a free hand in this world. He does not have a free hand. He is actually on a leash. As a matter of fact, before Satan can do just about anything, the one thing that he has to do is he has to go get permission. Oh, see, listen. Oh, my goodness. I was studying this out, and I thought that this was interesting. Do you remember in Luke chapter 22? Do you remember when Satan, when, when Jesus looked at Simon and he told Simon Peter, he said, Simon Peter, Satan desires you. He desires you. He wants to, he wants to, to, to sift you as sweet. Do you know what that word desire actually means in the Greek? In the Greek, that word actually means Jesus looked at Simon and said, You know what Satan did? Satan had the nerve to come and ask me for you. Oh. He had the nerve to come. And ask me for you. It's the same thing about Job. When Job was the most uprighteous man in all of the earth. And there was nobody that was like him. And Satan was, at, it was in the throne room of heaven. And, and, Job looked, and God looked at him and said, Have you considered my servant 
Job. And, and, God, and Satan said, you know what? I've considered him. I, but you've got this hedge of protection that is around him. He said, you let me touch him and I'll make him curse you to his face. And Jesus said, alright, I'll take that bet. But here's the thing. I'll lower the hedge. You can do whatever that you want to to him. But you cannot take his life. You ought to rejoice in the fact right now. That the fact is that you may have to be going through some difficulties right now. You may have to be going through some heartaches and some troubles and some storms in your life. But you ought to take great pleasure and rejoice in the fact that nothing has ever come your way except first it was filtered through the hands of a loving God. That nothing, no trial could come your way. No difficulty could come your way unless God allowed it. And the Bible says that God is over you. That He will not suffer you to be tempted that much of that what above that what you are able to bear. But He is always going to make a way of escape. You ought to be thankful for the fact that God is in control and Satan isn't. Amen? You see, He wants us to get an advantage in our lives. So how does He, what is His scheme? What would He like to do to you? What would He like to do to me? What are the ways that he tries to get an advantage in our lives? So if you'll, if you'll help me here, I want to give you ten things to expose what Satan wants to do in your life and what Satan wants to do in my life. Number one, Satan will come at you by lying to you. You see, when he lies, he is actually speaking according to his own nature. Why? Because the Bible says that he is a liar and he is the father of all lies. The first time that Satan appears in the Bible is in Genesis chapter 3. And the first thing that he tries to do is disrupt the truth of God's word. And Satan will come after you to disrupt the truth of God in your life. Now listen. Now somebody would say, some people have said this. If Satan's talking, he's lying, but that's not true. That's not true. There are some times that Satan will say something to you, and it is true. I'm I'm getting ready to preach here. I need to get get a uh, t-shirt on that. I need to trademark that or something. But he lies by wanting to twist the truth of God into a lie. And so the Bible says, John would say that he has nothing to do with the truth. So he will come to you. He will come to you and he will try to make you doubt. God's word. That's right. He would try to come to you and say, "Yah, you know what? God, did God really say? Did God really say not to partake of this? Did God really say?" So he will twist the truth into a lie. What you've got to understand is, is that any time that the enemy is talking to you about the word. 
It is a lie. Because He is never going to make you believe the Word of God. He will want you to believe a lie. And we have many Christians that believe lies. Because here's the thing. Truth is not an ideology. Truth is not relative. Truth is not what I think it is. Truth is not what you think it is. Truth is what God's Word declares it to be. And if our version of the truth does not line up with the Word of God, we're wrong. I've said it many times and, I've said, and I'll say it like this. If God said turn right and you think you need to turn left, you're wrong. There's no, there's no bargaining on that. But Satan will, will come and he will plant lies in your hearts. Two, number two. He will try to blind our eyes. He wants us to be blind so that we cannot see. Doesn't want us to see things. I, I'll be honest with you. I don't, I, you've heard me say this before. And I will try not to get on this too much. I don't like the dark. I don't like the dark. Because in the dark... You can't see anything. And, 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 I, and I get it. I get it. Churches, for whatever reason, have gotten to this fad where we want to dim the lights and we, we want to turn off the lights and we want to do all of those things because it helps us meditate better and it helps us pray better and it helps us do all this kind of other stuff that's better. I get it. I'm not, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be mean and I'm not trying to be little. I'm not trying to be little anything. But here's the thing. When the lights... Are off, and I'm just talking in that situation in a in a natural sense, and you can't see. It makes it very hard to maneuver. When I wake up in the middle of the night, and I'm trying to find the refrigerator, or I'm trying to find the bathroom, or whatever the case may be, the first step that I take is to find a light to turn on so I can see where I'm going. But Satan would love for us. To wander around in the dark. He doesn't care if we're at church as long as we're in the dark. He doesn't care what we do as long as we're in the dark. As long as we we can't see everything. And what he tries to do is he tries to blind us. Number three. He also masquerades as light. And righteousness. See the Bible tells us that even Satan. Disguises himself as an angel. Of light. That is why that it's important that not everything that that, that is flashy. Is of God. Not everything that parades itself across the stage or across the pulpit. Is of God. That's the reason why we need to understand what the truth of God's word is. Is because there is a thing called doctrines of demons. Now, I'm just teaching here, and you've got to be careful. He wants to lead us away. I was reminded 
and you've heard me say this, and, and, and again, you probably think that it's funny. I'm an Andy Griffith Show fan. To me, it's the best television show that's ever been made. How do remember the episode? How many remember the episode that had Buddy Epson in it? And Opie taking a liking to him. And Andy finally had to intervene because he was a bad influence on Opie. And Buddy Epson looks at Andy and says, well, why don't you let him, why don't you let him be the judge of that? And Andy says, nope. He says, because at this stage, <clears throat> he'll bite at the first flashy thing that he sees. And when he finds out that there's actually a hook on the end of it, it'll be too late for him. So we've got to understand that Satan will try to flash some stuff in us that looks good, that looks right, that looks holy. But then on the end of it, it's a hook because at the end of the day, what does he want to do? He's, he's wanting to bring your destruction. Number four. Satan looks to deceive you and to take advantage of your life. Are you ready? By signs and wonders. Now, nobody fall out with me. But listen to this, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 9 marks about the last days. And it says that at the coming of the lawless one, that Satan with all power and with signs and wonders of the lie. That's an awkward thing to say that Satan can do miracles. Now, there's a lot of theological debate here because there are some people that believe that teach and say, you know, well, it's that's it just appears to be as such. But I want to remind you some things concerning Satan. I want to remind you that when, remember when Aaron threw down his rod? Right. The magicians threw down their rods. And they became serp serpents as well. Well, we can do that trick. Why? Because Satan will deceive you. And I'm going to do this teaching here in about a minute here. Most of the American modern church, in my humble opinion, and you can put an asterisk beside that and say that it, that's... Jeremy's opinion, but I believe that I have the facts to back it up. Are more deceived and taken advantage of by Satan on this one thing than anything else. Because we look at everything. We look at the results. Oh my goodness, there's signs and wonders going over in that church. There's, there's signs and wonders going on here. There's signs and wonders going everywhere. This ministry's got it. That so it's got to be God. No. Because, again, the litmus test of what is right is not the fact that blinded eyes are open. It's not the fact that deaf ears 
are unstopped. But it's the fact of the fruit of the Word of God. I've had people argue with me, get mad at me, call me hateful names, Pastor, over the fact that somebody would come and ask me. And I'm, I'm the type of person, I try, I try to be as humble as I can possibly be in certain regards to this. But if you come and ask me, well, what do you think about whomever? What do you think about this ministry or that ministry? You better be prepared that I'll give you an honest take of what I witness and what I see. And I've done that to, with people and they get mad at me and go, well, I, I went there and, and I saw cancer. I saw, they said the cancer was getting healed. He's got to be an anointed man or anointed woman of God. But I've always said, okay, what's the doctrine that's being preached? Oh, but it's not all about doctrine. Yes, it is. It is important what you believe. You've got to believe the right thing. And so what we see here, because if you remember in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus himself would say that there would come those on that day that would say, Lord, Lord, have we not done Many wonderful things. Have we not cast out devils? Have we not prophesied in your name? Have we not healed the sick? And Jesus is going to look at them and say, Depart from me. I never knew you. You that work iniquity. So what does that tell me? Number one, look at this. Is that the first thing is, is he never discredited the signs and the wonders. He never said... Didn't do that. But he said, you did not follow after me. The problem was not the signs and the wonders. The problem was the sin. And that brings me to the fifth point here. Halfway through here. Satan tries to get an advantage of people through sin. He tries to tempt us. He hangs that in front of us and he's wanting to tempt us. I think we said it, maybe it was last week in, in the Sunday school lesson. Somebody had said, I think, I think I said it as part of our discussion. And I said the greatest thing that Joseph ever did when Potiphar's wife grabbed a hold of him. He may have ran out of his clothes but he didn't run out of his integrity. And even though that he was in a, in a compromising position, he found the way of escape. And so Satan will try to take an advantage through sin. Number six, Satan tries to take an advantage by plucking the word of God out of your hearts. The seed has been planted and he tries to come and he tries to snatch it out. Because if he knows that if the Word of God can take root in your life, 
if it can be, if it can germinate, if it can bud, then the fruit of that word begins to show forth. But what does he try to do? He tries to steal the word. That's the reason why what you feed is important. Now this is just practical teaching here tonight. What you feed is important. See, it's hard for the Word to take root if the only Word that you get is for an hour on Sunday. But you don't do any... There's no Word taking root throughout the rest of the week. And then so what Satan does is he comes and he snatches that. I'm getting to some good stuff here. Number seven. Satan will cause, will try to take an advantage through some sickness and disease. Jesus in Luke chapter 13 healed a woman who was bent over and could not straighten herself. He was criticized for doing that because he healed her on the Sabbath. And this is what he said. He said, ought not this woman a daughter of Abraham who Satan has bound for 18 years, be loose from this bond? Jesus saw Satan as the one who caused that. The Bible also tells us in Acts chapter 10 and verse 38, Peter described Jesus as the one who went about doing good and healing all of those that were oppressed by the devil. So what that means is, is that in other words, the devil often will try to take an advantage through sickness and illness. Now, let me give you the balance of that. And here you go. You can put another asterisk beside this if you need to. Because I personally do not believe that every sickness that comes your way is an attack of the enemy. Sometimes we bring that on ourselves. By our, our lifestyles and what have you. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a soda drinker. I love, I, I love soda. I, it's, it's an addiction of mine. I'm, I'm, I'm just telling you. I love everything as long as it's not off-brand. Don't, don't give me any of that junk. I want, the real, I want the real thing. Bring me the real. Bring me the good stuff. And so, you know, if... And I... And, I'm admitting confession is good for the soul. So I can't rebuke the devil when kidney stones start coming about. That's more of a lifestyle change. Beg for mercy. Amen. Or if, or if, I, if, if, if I'm a smoker and I smoke two and a half packs of cigarettes a day... And eventually I go to the doctor and the doctor looks at me and says, well, you got lung cancer. Satan didn't give me lung cancer. And I can rebuke all day long. But Satan did it. But Satan will try to take an advantage through it. Because here was also something. I want you to look at this. John chapter 9. Because... Satan can use sickness 
God can use sickness. And I'm going to use it here. I'm going to to give you scripture for this. Are you ready? John chapter 9. Jesus, who said that this man was born blind? Him or his parents? Jesus said, neither. But this man was born blind so that the glory of God could be revealed. And so... But what he'll try, but what the enemy will try to do, the enemy will try to use that sickness to take an advantage in your life to where you'll begin to doubt God. Here's the other, here, I'm going to get through these real quick because I've got some good news to tell you. Number eight, Satan is a murderer. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy. His ultimate goal in your life and my life is to destroy us. Number nine, he tries to fight against the cause of evangelism. He doesn't care that, again, he does not care that you are here. Doesn't care. You can come to church all day long. You can sit here in these pews all day long. But the moment that you start evangelizing the lost... That's when he will try to take an advantage in your life. Number 10. He will try to accuse you before God. The Bible describes Satan as the accuser of the brethren. That accuses, stands before God both day and night. Can I let you in on a little something? And again, I believe that I have scripture to back this up. I can tell you right now exactly where Satan's at. Satan is in the throne room of God trying to bring accusation against the people of God. That's right. That's right. He ain't at my house. I've got good news for you. He's not at your house either. He is bringing about accusation. But here's the good thing. Are you ready? You need to shout with me on this one. Are you ready? Satan cannot win. 1 John 3 and 18 says the Son of God appeared to destroy the works of the devil. Hebrews 2 and 14 would tell us Christ took on human nature through death. He might destroy him who has the power of death. That is the devil. Colossians 2 and 15 says God disarmed the principalities and powers and made a public example of them triumphing over them. In other words, the decisive blow was struck at Calvary. I'm not waiting for victory. I already operate in victory because of what he did at the cross at Calvary. You've got to understand. My goodness, I'm getting, I'm going to preach here. You've got to understand something here. I'm not waiting on a time when God's going to bring me back victory. God's already given me victory. Because at the time that he said it is finished, he got the keys of death and of hell. And he is the almighty, omnipotent, all-powerful God. And we have victory. So what is your job in this? It is simple. Are you ready? One word. Resist. Can I tell you how to re- can I tell you how to re- how to defeat the devil? Resist. 
It's all you've got to do. You see, I'm afraid. Give me just a couple of minutes. I'm going to finish this up. I'm afraid that too many of us, we have conversations with the devil. Can I tell you something? Look throughout Scripture. Jesus didn't even rebuke the devil. See, I know that we've got, I know that we've got our, we've got our ideologies and we've got our traditions, and, I, and I'm not trying, I'm not trying to, to, to diminish any of that and, and, and to make anybody feel bad. Please understand. The Bible does not say to rebuke. The Bible says to resist. And he said in James 4 and 7, if you will resist the devil, what does he have to do? Flee. Flee. If you will simply resist. You want victory? Resist. You're tired of having the enemy have an advantage in your life? Resist. When he comes knocking on your door... And he's trying to sell you a bill, a bill of goods. Resist. Because see, here's the thing. He cannot do anything to you. Except God allows it and you allow it. And if God's not allowing it. Because there are some things that God will not allow. That it's not the time or the place. And so if God's not allowing it, why are you allowing it? Oh, I'm preaching better than you're shouting right now. And so you have to resist. Because if you resist the devil, he's got to flee from you. And finally, that group in Revelation chapter 12 tells us they overcame him. Who? They overcame Satan. By the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives even unto death. So there were three things. There was the blood, there was the word, and there was the crucified life. Satan loved to get an advantage in our lives. But we overcome through the blood, through the word. Can I, uh, oh. Can I tell you, the word of the testimony, I just want to teach this for a second. The word of the testimony is not just simply just something positive that you say. That's not, that's not the word of your testimony. How you doing today, Pastor Well, I'm blessed and highly favored. That's not the word of your testimony. This is the word of your testimony. Because every time that Satan came against Jesus, he would take him back to the word. And he would say, it is written. So, in closing, let me say this. As this age draws to a close, Satan will do everything that he can. Mm -hmm. 
to get an advantage. Why do you think that we're living in such a messed up society right now? Where men don't know that they're men, women don't know if they're women. When all sorts of confusion is going on. Satan is trying to take, is trying to get an advantage. But I've come by tonight to let the church know we need not be ignorant to what he's doing. Because when I can acknowledge what he is doing, then I'm willing to go into intercession and begin praying. And prayer changes everything. When I go into that prayer closet and I begin to pray, and I begin to see what the enemy is trying to do, I call it out for what it is. And I tell the enemy it does not come to my house. It doesn't come to my family. It won't come to my church. Why? Because we are not ignorant. So let me ask you this. How has Satan taken an advantage of some areas in your life? Have there been areas in your life that Satan has taken an advantage of? See, let me give you a little bit of context to this Corinthians here. If you back up a couple of verses, Paul is talking about reconciliation and forgiveness. And he tells the Corinthian church, a church that... And 1 Corinthians is doing all sorts of ungodly stuff. And then they come to church on Sunday and they speak in tongues and prophesy. You don't want me to preach right there, but. And Paul calls them out on it. But then when he writes 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians is all about reconciliation. And he will tell them, I have forgiven you. And he says, and the reason why I have forgiven you. And then he quotes this verse. He says, because I do not want Satan to have an advantage. So for him, the advantage was he knew that in order... For Satan not to have an advantage, forgiveness had to happen. Come on now. What is it in your life? What is it in my life? I'm preaching to me too. Amen. What is it that Satan can take the advantage of and say, hey, there's a crack right there. I can move in. And I can have an advantage. What is that? Can I tell you, if we're not careful, every one of us 
can leave a door open for the enemy to say, hey, there you go. It can be sin, it can be unforgiveness, it can be whatever it is. But the Bible tells us to resist Him. And when we resist Him, He's got to flee. And so tonight I wanted to take a moment to expose what the enemy is trying to do. Because the enemy's trying to do some things. But I'm thankful tonight that greater is He that is in me than He that is in the world. And I think that we ought to rejoice over that. Amen? Amen. Stand with me all over this house. We hope you enjoyed today's message by Evangelist Jeremy Cook. If you would like more information regarding New Season Ministry, to schedule Jeremy to minister at your event, or to support the ministry with a love gift, please contact us at 859-404-4007. Or you may email him at pastorjeremycook at gmail.com. God bless and we will see you next time on New Season Ministry. Thank you.